0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it.
1: If you have a favorite pastor and you really only care what he has to say and you really question what other pastors have to say... Uh, This one's for you. Today, we're looking at 1 Corinthians uh, 1 to 4. We've been kind of jumping around to Paul's missionary journeys and then in and out of his letters. So over the next couple of days, we'll be really focused in on 1 and 2 Corinthians.
0: So I noticed throughout today's reading that there's a lot of threads about wisdom and I guess how wisdom is like highly, highly sought after in this time. And how Paul is kind of counteracting this thought that even trumps what seems to trump the gospel and um, the life and death of Christ.
1: It's really interesting. The city of Corinth, the culture in Corinth, I think is very similar to our culture today. They're heavily Greek influenced, uh, which means they are very concerned about smart sounding things like the the Greek philosophers that you probably learned about somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. Um They were actually like that. That's the culture in Corinth. Corinth is also like pretty wealthy. Um, So there's a lot of money flying around. Uh, They were very tempted to find security in um, their things. They also tend to like over inflate grace. Um, We'll see probably tomorrow where they're like really proud of enduring people's sin because mm-hmm. they think that they make that makes them more gracious and honors Jesus more. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to talk about that tomorrow. Paul has a lot to say about that.
0: Well, when we opened up, like I think that's that's going to just like I guess As we read along, we're just going to see those different parts get fleshed out. Different threads, yeah. But what I'm noticing at the very beginning, Paul opens up, and he's talking specifically about divisions in the church, just like there are things that are keeping you all from being united, and I think, like like you were just saying, we're going to flesh those other things out. However, the first thing that I was talking about earlier with this idea of wisdom— um, and like powerful speakers and lecturers, um, is that Paul's message is being very much compared to those types of people, um, also to people like Apollos, Cephas, and then there's like this division of like, well, I follow this person, and I follow this person, and some even say, well, I follow Christ. So you know how there's there's always those, I don't know if it's a debate necessarily, but um, people have their different flavors of Christianity. Like you go to this type of church, and I go to this type of church, and I believe this one. Kind of like what you were saying too about like the the famous pastors, or you only listen to this one because of X, Y, Z, or how they foresee. I guess, uh, judgment happening to people, um, based on their choice sins or whatever. Uh, but this is really coming through here because there, there are at least four camps that we're seeing people in that Paul is calling out.
1: So you're speaking out of specifically, uh, chapter, chapter one, one, verse 13, like
0: 13, 14. Yeah. Says,
1: I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. Uh, Apollos we heard about, I think it was in Acts 18. Uh, he was, a really good speaker. Like Mm -hmm. that's called out in Acts. It's kind of like alluded to in first Corinthians because Paul's saying like you like certain people because they can speak really well. And Paul knows he can't speak really well. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It could be that he's purposely not speaking really well because he wants to draw attention to Christ. But it is really interesting that, that Paul doesn't, He's, he does not pick a fight with Apollos. He does not pick a fight with Cephas. Mm-hmm. He does not say, well, Cephas's view on...
0: Right. Like, he actually calls himself out. He says, hey, was it Paul that was crucified for you? Yeah. Was it Paul that you were baptized in the name of?
1: And what he's saying is like, hey, in all this confusion, in all your youthfulness, like not not their age, their maturity, mm-hmm. um, you are aligning yourselves with a person at the expense of your Savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was crucified for your sin? Jesus. Who should you be concerned about? Jesus. Whose words should move you? Whose actions should move you? Jesus.
0: Well, there's a really powerful part of uh, verse 17, too, from chapter one. At the tail end, it's, well, I should just read the whole thing. It says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom kind of, like, really emphasizing the fact that it's not just because I speak well or don't speak well. Because if that were the case, the cross is emptied of its power. Uh-huh. And that's, like, so that, – that kind of, like, pushed me backwards a little bit. Like, oh, wow, we're so focused on some other things. And it's not just – eloquent wisdom or whatever, but there are so many things we can put in that spot, but it it takes away from the power of the cross and Christ.
1: If your favorite pastor, if you're more concerned about his opinions on an issue than Jesus' opinions on an issue, and that's a real thing in our mm-hmm. church and our culture today, if you're more concerned about what your lead pastor thinks than what Jesus thinks, if you're going to him first instead of scripture, you might be in a bad spot. I'm not, I'm not saying you are, but like you might be headed there. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no question that there are people that like there there are Stephen Furtick people. There are John MacArthur people. There are name whoever you want. And I just t- picked like people on opposite ends uh-huh. of the spectrum. <laughs> like Na- there's game. Andy Stanley people. They're like pick whoever you want. This is a thing. And this is a problem because it takes us away from from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like, I'm not saying like, Hey, don't look into doctrine. Don't read your Bible. No, like understand doctrine, read your Bible because that always drives you closer to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying like, Hey, and actually I wanted to make a point. Um, in chapter three, verse 16, he says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? He's making the point that when you fight with each other, And you are not unified with each other under like what celebrity you're trying to follow. Mm -hmm. You're actually breaking down God's temple, which would have been incredibly scandalous. Think about what happened when Jesus was like, oh, that temple over there, I'm going to destroy it. People are like, you have to die. (laughs) So this is no small thing. And he's saying like, hey, we as a church, we are God's temple. And when we are not unified under the authority of Jesus, we are destroying God's temple. So there's a lot that is uh, in chapters one to four. Actually, like um, when we finished finished up reading it, like you were actually talking about how it was kind of confusing to you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially with chapter four, because it was like, it was talking about how Paul is saying to them, I don't need to be judged by you. And I don't even judge myself. And i was just like, "Ooh, that sounds really prideful and really off. But if you really look into it, when we go back to the beginning where he's talking about all of these people that people are just running after because of how well they speak or how mm-hmm. famous they are or whatever. Paul's just like, listen, like, God is the one who's going to judge me. I don't need to have any approval from any of you. Like, what matters is Christ and his message.
1: Yeah, like, it's Jesus. Like, the, yeah. the, the central point <laughs> is like, hey, it's Jesus. And that's kind of what I wanted to wrap up with is that uh, Paul is saddened by the fact that there are not more mature believers in the Corinthian church. That's what a lot of uh, chapters three and four are about. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says, basically like you don't have spiritual fathers. There are not mature Uh, men Mm -hmm. who you can look up to, who you can learn from, who you can emulate. So because that's not the case and he wishes it was because that's not the case, you can look at me and you can imitate me. So he even like, if (laughs) there are times where you'll read Paul and you'll be like, this guy's really arrogant. He's not. Like he's confident of who he is. He's confident that he has right standing with God, and he's not afraid to be confident.
0: Okay, so something else. Can I just add in? Really yeah, quick? yeah, for sure. It's definitely what you're saying. Verse 15 in chapter four says, "For though you have countless guides in Christ, you don't have many fathers." And I think fathers really, um, it kind of like digs in deeper as somebody who's walking alongside and truly making sure exactly. that you're following after the things, um like well and intentionally and not just because it's somebody fancy that's saying it. Um, So I think that like there has to be a lot of, discernment on our own parts too. And I think that's kind of what it's talking about and what you were alluding to with the milk and solid food stuff. It's discernment
1: and maturity. What he wants for this Corinthian church is maturity. Mm -hmm. And you get the idea that it is possible to be a gathering of believers who is not mature, who is not aware of the deep truths of who Christ is and what it means to follow him. Paul calls it the mysteries. Um, It's possible to be a believer and not be Uh, well-versed in the mysteries of Christ. And so that's why Paul is teaching the Corinthian church to obey God's commands and live a life that is honoring Jesus because they will come to maturity.
0: Well, I think I've seen that a lot too in today's church. Like I've been to enough churches now where it seems like the message it's like theres you start out and you like are aware of God's gift of forgiveness And you're aware of the opportunity that you have to be forgiven. And then there's like this little tiny pathway that just like abruptly stops. And you don't go much deeper Mm -hmm. than that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what Paul's calling out. Because like oftentimes in those settings, it's like all of the really exciting and, oh, this is awesome. Come be a part. We're so on fire. But although you're on fire, there has to be something that's igniting it and growing you to be a larger fire. <laughs> like I just, I don't know how else to explain it, but it seems like there's a weird stop that oftentimes it's, happens in churches where we are not concerned with discipling or growing or desiring to um, be mature as Christians.
1: So, what's going to follow in the next several chapters is Paul helping the Corinthians understand what it looks like to come to maturity, and so that that's pretty much what you're talking about. Like he doesn't want them to get stuck. And like, hey, I'm excited to be saved, which is great. You know, we're excited you're saved. Um, But we want you to to come along and be discipled (laughs) and grow in maturity. We want you to have a spiritual father who can help you and bring you up. Um, We want you to continue to progress. That's what Paul's telling the church. I think that's what Paul would continue to tell our church today. Um, and that—that's really the, your part. Like, strive to continue to be discipled, to continue to be more and more like Christ, and keep your focus on Christ. Like, it's—it's it's really cool that we have so many uh, really gifted speakers uh, and really gifted teachers. And I think Paul would look at us and say, "That's cool, but don't forget the cross. Don't lose sight. Yeah. Was—was yeah. was that pastor that you love crucified for your sins? No, he was not. So. Don't put your hope and your faith and your trust in him put your hope and your faith and trust in Jesus. So it's an excellent setup um, for what's going to come in the rest of 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Uh, I'm never really bashful about telling you what my favorite books are. I'm very excited to talk about 1st and 2nd Corinthians. (laughs) There's a lot packed into this book. And I think always I'm intrigued by it because I think their culture is in a lot of ways similar to our culture. And because of that, there's a lot of application we can get out of it. So uh, we'll be back again tomorrow and we'll be looking at 1st Corinthians 5 to 8. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's plan your part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle to Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind in the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? But to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly that we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. Chapter 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human, Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of the world is folly with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is
0: God's. Chapter 4 This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, But I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why did you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us you have become kings. And would that you did reign, so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, And we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of the ways of Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with a love and a spirit of gentleness?
1: Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.